Hello, and welcome to Frank Fire Fridays. This is Father Patrick Baikowskis, broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And I know some of you are anxious as I am about the situation with the orphans in Titayan outside of Port-au-Prince. And I can't say much more about the situation other than what I had posted last week on Facebook. It is still very serious. They're still at the orphanage. There's a lot of gang activity immediately around the orphanage in Titayan. It's the sort of central operating location for a couple of different rival gangs, and that's the problem. They're fighting, and the children are kind of caught in between, and we're looking at all kinds of plans to evacuate them, but that has its dangers as well. Even for children, the local populations have taken it upon themselves to in, to become vigilantes, and I'm, yeah, I'm not blaming them in a way. The the police are ineffective and so they've taken it upon themselves to help the police. And in their way, in their thinking that attacking vehicles that have a lot of people in them are presumed to be gangs transporting gang members and so they attack these vehicles. So it's a I, I can't even imagine it, but thanks be to God, the children have food and water, and we're able to keep them healthy. We're not, we haven't been able to educate them for months and months now because the teachers are afraid to go to TTN. So trust that there are people that are concerned about this and trying to do what is best for the children, getting them to a safer place, not a, necessarily a safe place, but a safer place and if we need more from you and your prayers are certainly helping but if we need more I may be reaching out to you as well so please continue to to pray for them I'm offering a prayer today uh, that was sent to me by my regular contributor it's called the signs of spring Giver of life, I see you in the earth, you so lovingly made, the earth that mirrors the gospel of life, death, and resurrection. Thank you for this most special season of spring when I am reminded of your promise that death is not the end and nothing lasts forever. Grant me the grace to believe that through seasons of harsh winter and hardship last for a while, they do not last forever. As the world around me re-enlivens, may I cling to the promise that so too will my soul. And it's a, a hopeful prayer, isn't it? I, I want to mention as well that I got to speak to Angelo and Angelo, the, the twins. If anybody has been to the orphanage, in Titian, they know who I'm talking about. Identical twins with almost identical names. And, you know, I, when I spoke to them, and I spoke to them on, uh, not FaceTime, but another another platform that allows us to see each other. 
they certainly look healthy and they have those same smiles. But uh, one of them did say to me, they just don't have hope in the future. Maybe in this, this day they have hope and maybe that's all that we can hope for at this moment. What Angelo was talking about is hope for his future, that, there's, that Haiti is a place that will be able to offer him something more. And that, of course, none of us can guarantee. Again, let's pray for them. And let us pray that we can all be something that we're called to be. We hear in this reading for Sunday about the Good Shepherd, very familiar reading to us all. And it made me think about a time when I was discerning the priesthood. It was the year before I joined the Dominicans. And I had come to the time when I had to share my decision with my family. They, your families have to be involved in these decisions at some point. And whether it's a diocese or a religious order, they are allowed to weigh in. And I remember that day very well when I told my parents. I was kind of anxious. I'm not sure why, really, but I was. Um, maybe it was because telling my family seemed like a final step, a, a commitment. And it was not an easy decision to make. I'd already had a long career in public service. And just when my, my friends were, everybody else seemed to be worrying about their retirement and having grandchildren in here as I about to embark on something quite different. Well, what convinced me of the need to discuss this important decision with my family was another conversation I have. I have a friend from Ireland who is a missionary priest. At the time, he was in Pakistan, and now he is in Philippines. He was a Columban missionary, if you know anything about religious orders. They're, they're an order based in Ireland that that is our only missionaries. And I asked his advice. Uh, I asked whether I should share this kind of discernment with family and friends. And he told me that it was a really good thing to do because he believes, and I do, that God speaks to us through the people in our lives. So my friend, his name is Finbar, said that it's also important to be attentive to what those close to us say. So, on a particular Sunday afternoon, I can actually tell you the date. It was July the 5th, 2000. And I can be that specific because I had my parents over for their wedding anniversary and, and, and uh, two of my brothers were there as well. And I was going to share with them this decision that I was planning on pursuing a path that would, God willing, lead me to ordination as a priest. And I fully expected that my family was going to be shocked um, and that they weren't. <laughs> kind of shocked me. And my father spoke first, which was really unusual because my father was more sort of stoic and um, my mother's very gregarious as well, was very gregarious. And and my dad told me this. He said, you know, son, two years ago, I was in Northwestern University Hospital, and I was either dreaming or sort of a haze, and I had this vision of you walking into my room as a priest. And from that day until this, I have been waiting for you to tell me just what you did today. Wow. It 
kind of blew me away. And I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. And I've replayed it in my head dozens of times. My father's words have encouraged me in difficult times. I can hear his voice and I take comfort in the certainty that he was God's voice just when I needed it. My father was for me my good shepherd. He knew me in ways maybe even I did not understand. He cared about me in ways that I probably will never fully grasp either. Now, you know, we know in all these readings today and about the image of Jesus as our good shepherd, yet there must be more to our understanding of these readings. St. Augustine wrote about this gospel passage, and he said this, he, Jesus, has accompanied or accomplished what he taught us. This is quoting St. Augustine. He has shown us what he commanded us to do. He laid down his life for his sheep, that within our mystery he might change his body and blood into food and nourish the sheep he had redeemed with the food of his own flesh. He has shown us the way we must follow, despite fear or death. He has laid down the pattern to which we must conform ourselves. The first duty laid on us is to use our worldly goods in mercy for the needs of his sheep, and then, if necessary, give even our lives for them. He will that he that will not give of his substance for his sheep, how shall he lay down his life for them? Boy, that certainly reminds me of what we're facing in Haiti as well. See, what Augustine is saying, what my dad recognized at some level, is that we are all to be good shepherds with Jesus as our model. That's the message of the gospel. Parables are not just good stories or lessons for us. They are, but they're more, too. Parables are a guide for us to figure out our own relationship with God. How do we measure up? In the parable of the Good Shepherd, we hear what a Good Shepherd is and does, and we almost immediately come up with images of Christ as our Shepherd. Yet, as Augustine reminds us, and as my father reminded me, while it is true that it is Christ we recall, we are to be Good Shepherds to one another as well. Because God knows us so well, the reason for the model of the Good Shepherd is that God knows it is our way to happiness as well, to our own peace. It's not for us, it is for others that we are to live out our lives, even give our lives if need be. This is what the Good Shepherd knows about us, how it is we will work out our own happiness. But it is the great challenge of our culture. We are led to think by nearly all that we read and hear and see that the way to happiness, to fulfillment, is by our acquiring more, giving, getting more for ourselves, focusing more and more on ourselves and our own happiness. No, that's not the way. Our Good Shepherd knows better, knows us better than we know ourselves. It is through being Good Shepherds that we find joy. So, while we remember that Jesus is the shepherd and the gate, the way to salvation, we must recognize as well our own need to be the shepherd and the gate, the way for others to work out their salvation. My dad knew this either consciously or consciously, I think probably pretty consciously, and so does any parent. 
you know, what we hopefully come to work out for ourselves is to be the good shepherd for others as well. So let's do that. Let us be the good shepherd for all those in our lives, both close to us and maybe far away. Thank you and God bless you all.